Morning, church. Is anybody out there anxious? Anybody have? Oh, yeah. Thanks for your honesty. Yeah, anxiety, it seems to be all over the place, doesn't it? A lot of different words are used for it. Worry, woe. Choir saying a word of woe. Anxiety. Uncertainty. A lot of different words. Uh, just spent five days in Chicago uh, with a group of people that I, many I haven't seen for 28 years. And I was, uh, it was good for the soul. We, you know, the best friendships are the ones where you pick up where you left off. Right? It's not complex. It's just, even though 28 years have passed, here we are, and it, I'm mindful on days like this uh, that we all come into this place as human beings. We got stuff, and I'll use just the broad category, anxiety. So uh, met with folks who literally we hadn't seen for 28 years and kind of caught a quick snapshot of their lives, and two, were, two of them were older in life now and struggling with uh, the ability to walk well, and they... They each had their own scooters, and they were lamenting about this, and, and actually, I lamented with them, but I couldn't help in my own mind think, that would be kind of cool if Don and I each had our own scooter. We, when we go out, we could race every day. <laughs> I would just love that. I'd be like, you know, trying to make mine go faster or something like this, not to diminish their plight. Uh, another family had a son who went uh, to get his Master of Divinity, and he came out a Buddhist, and they were struggling with this. Another, uh, one of our really good friends, uh, her husband took his life uh, a few years ago. Um, other families that we knew and loved and were just in it together, right? They're struggling with adult children and, and just doing life, uh, walking through life with them and marriage in chaotic and difficult times. And another gal whose husband recently passed away from Parkinson's. And in the midst of all of this, a church that they all went to that began 40 years ago as kind of an on the front edge of a new way to be and do church, they basically merged with another congregation because they weren't financially sustainable and the other congregation essentially took over. And so they were just reeling with what-ifs and anxiety. And, and yet it was beautiful. I have to tell you this. It was absolutely beautiful because in the midst of all of that, only Jesus can pull a group of people together 28 years later and have that level of intimacy, relationality, and Christ at the center. It was beautiful. So today we're going we're gonna to look at a text that's uh, just a bright, shining image in the midst of a world of anxiety. Uh, imagine, if you would, with me for a couple minutes, two towns, okay? Imagine two towns, and I did this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the first town is a, is a little bit, a little, few miles away, two, three, four miles away. And this is what that town is characterized like. These are the kind of things that go on in this town. Ready? Uh, immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed. And that's just the behavioral. It's a place filled with anger and rage and malice and slander and bad language. And they just constantly are lying to each other. Do you want to live there 
Now imagine another town, let's just call this town Placentia, because after all, Placentia, it sounds like a really just pleasant place to live. <laughs> so let's just imagine another town called Placentia, because it's just got to be pleasant there, and it's, it looks like, like this. Uh, it's filled with people who clothe themselves with compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. This town called Placentia, they bear with each other and they forgive whatever grievances they have against each other. They're forgivers because God forgave them. And I like the way Paul writes it in the text. And even over all those phenomenal virtues, the people of Placentia, they put on love. Because it binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, hypothetically, where would you want to live? Now, I can imagine being in a university and... Uh, hearing some say, I'd rather live in the first town because they're living totally free, the life that they would like to live. And I, I kind of get that for a while, but for the long haul? And then there's our text today. It's just three verses. Ready? Let the peace of Christ... Now notice, to me, this is just a a bright, shiny light in the middle of an anxious world. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, we're called to peace. We're called to make peace. We're called to live in peace. We're called to live out peace. And then he says, and be thankful. Another let. Let the message of Christ dwell churn in you, transform you, go deep among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And here's where it gets really fun. Notice all the different things that we can do when Christ dwells in our midst because we're unified in peace. The artist is enlivened and we sing psalms and hymns and Songs of the Spirit and praise songs and art and poetry. Sorry, I added that, but I think it's in there. Singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. The Spirit's alive. Stuff happens. We recreate and create. And then this catch-all. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now that's a bright, shining example in a world of significant anxiety. Doesn't that sound, well, just pleasant? There's a saying goes like this, the surest sign that you're carrying a full bucket of water is wet feet. 
And I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to confess something to you today. My plan was to carry up here with me a full bucket of water and spill it all the way up. But because we've got elders that are in charge of stewardship, I was going to bring a towel with me to clean up the water spill. So I had this thing all planned out. Got back from the airport late, pulling together all my, my concepts, put the bucket that we had in our garage in the car, and as I'm driving to church today, I look at the bucket. I mean, I finally, I just look at the, last time I just grabbed the bucket, today I looked at the bucket, it's got this huge crack. <laughs> Gotta be kidding me. So, uh, anyway, it would have been a pool of water instead of, so I had to abandon my, my prop for that idea. But I, I, love, I love that quote. I love that, I do, I love that quote. The surest sign that you're carrying a full bucket is wet feet. So the question for us this morning in an anxious world is, what is your bucket overflowing with and from what are your feet wet? Bad grammar, sorry. What are you overflowing with? I mean, what are you giving off to the rest of us? You know? Uh, There's just chronic anxiety, this anger, this rage, this I'm against. Or is it, I'm going to have a strong back and a soft front. It's a great line by Brini Brown. Strong back, vulnerable and soft compassionate and caring front. You know, piecing life together is is no simple or small task today. I think it would be fabulous if we all lived into uh, a community of people uh, that were like that second list, eh? Compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, patient, bearing with each other, forgiving each other, and more importantly, love, because it binds us together in perfect unity. How about a community of folks committed to that kind of human flourishing? That sounds like a pleasant place to live. And that's our charge, and it is a bright light in a very dark world. So I thought today it would be kind of fun to change things up just a little bit and suggest that in anxious times we need a survival kit. And I think our survival kit in anxious times needs four key things. Now, you might come up with four more. I encourage you to create your own survival kit for anxious times. Find out what works for you. And coming out of this text, um, I'm going to bring out the first of my four. Uh, And it is called, I love this, by the way. Don bought this for me. It's called the cup of peace. It's called the cup of peace. So for me, this, it's very abstract. I mean, the cup's not, but this concept of let the peace of Christ dwell in you, the peace of Christ is a very abstract concept. It's like it's this, it's like it's this nebulous thing that's hanging out somewhere waiting to inhabit a person and a people, right? So in anxious times, I think the first thing that we need coming out of our text is uh, the peace of Christ. And Paul goes on here and says, let it in. Let it in. Because peace cannot reside with anxiety. Anxiety is not really a sin, but it's a huge obstacle. It's just an obstacle. 
So it's not listed in any of the seven deadly sins, but it's a significant op, uh, obstacle for this abstract thing called the peace of Jesus Christ to move into a pastor or a person or a community. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what anxiety is. It's that pit in your stomach. It's kind of this low-grade fear that never goes away. It's an edginess. It's a, my life has been turned upside down. I've lost all my stuff, credit cards, driver's license. It's not going to go away until that's resolved. It's a dread. It's a cold wind that never stops blowing. You know what? A cold wind sounds really good right now. It's not really a storm. It's not really a tsunami. But it's the certainty that a storm is coming. Always coming. Always in route. And any time we get a sunny day, it's just an interlude because not far around the corner, this really, really bad, horrific thing is about ready to happen. And so you can't relax, you can't let your guard down, you get edgy, we get impatient. Anybody want to add a few other adjectives? Don't elbow your partner. I can remember a number of years ago, I may have told this story uh, 20 years ago, maybe 30, I was fishing with my father-in-law, John. There were a bunch of us up in northern Minnesota. It was beautiful uh, Memorial Day weekend. We used to try to get up early before the traffic was there, and we'd find, scout out our campsite, and we did everything right. He was our guide, basically, John. John was our guide. I think John, if he could live off the grid on the land, that's, John would be doing that even to this day. And so John tutored us all the way through. Uh, his son, me, and I ended up bringing other friends. It kind of became this thing. And one day we were out fishing till about 10 o'clock at night. And John and I went back in early because I was the fish cleaner guy. Because I just, I don't know, I like doing stuff like that. It's kind of sick. Uh, but you got to eat. You got to eat. And I was good at it. So we went in early to begin uh, the shore lunch. And we, we, did, we just got to the shore. And I was getting out of the boat. And John can't see or hear real well. Uh, anything that's human, he can't hear. If it's got anything to do with wildlife, he can hear it for hours away. <laughs> I've never quite figured that out. I think it's his survival guide for marriage. I'm not sure. <laughs> not quite sure about that one. He's a very wise man. He goes, huh? I didn't hear anything. What are you talking about? And he shined his flashlight up into our camp, and there's a black bear in our camp. Long story short, we're running the bear. I'm not sure who's laughing harder, us who think we've pushed the bear out of our camp the, the other eight times throughout the rest of the night, or the bear that kept coming back, reminding us that he's stronger and bigger than we are. But I'm telling you, that night, I was anxious. The whole night long. I did not sleep. My brother who uh, was a, at the University of Minnesota at the time, was up there fishing with us. He got so scared, he left our tent, and he moved into the tent with my father-in-law, John, because he wanted to sleep next to John. 
He was that scared. And I would have joined him, I'm not going to lie to you, I would have joined him, but there was no more room in the tent. It's like everybody's in that tent, and uh, a couple of the rest of us were in our tent. Anyway, the story resolved. Uh, early the next morning, we, we didn't know it, but there were two baby cubs that when I came into the camp, they scampered up a tree, and the mama bear was, kept coming back into the camp to retrieve her, her tiny cubs who were high up in the tree. So I should have been more anxious uh, as a result of that. But that's, that's anxiety. That's something terrible is about to happen, right? There is a bear in my camp. And sometimes we live life like that. Sometimes we live our lives like there's a bear in the tree of our life. Just waiting to come down and take it all away. You know? In the shadows, around the corner. Because you know what? There's trouble out there. And so we don't sleep and we don't laugh and we don't whistle anymore. And this text says, let the Holy Spirit of God move in. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let it in. Create room for the peace of Christ to come in so that the peace of Christ can trickle in, so that this abstract can move in and indwell us. And the Holy Spirit specializes in this kind of covert operation. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, it says the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And this notion of face of the deep is total and complete and absolute chaos. But the Spirit of God was hovering over it, pushing back, and this is the key phrase, pushing back all the chaos, pushing back all the fear, pushing back all the anxiety, pushing back all those things that we think are looming just around the corner in the shadows pushing it back so that the peace of Christ can begin to just trickle in. Yet we have to create some space for the peace to rule. And ah, that's a difficult task, is it not? If not just process. You know what I've had to do? Here's what I've had to do to create space from all the stuff that reminds me of a bear in the tree of my campsite. I use that as a metaphor for life. <laughs> I've had to really reduce the amount that I watch television. Because I can only, as a human being, take so much. What's the right word? I'm going to call it circusry. Madness, insanity, doesn't mean I'm not watching it. I'm just not addicted to it anymore. Can't do it. And it's made a huge difference in the ability to let the peace of Christ in a process trickle in. So, first thing we need in our survival kit for anxious times, we do need to create some space to let the peace of Christ start to trickle. It's not a small task either, right? Paul goes on. Paul says, um, again, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ 
dwell in you richly. So I got another little thing here. And uh, I got the message Bible uh, right here. So the word of Christ. We need it. I know I need it. And I find that the more anxious I get, the less I want to turn to this thing. Kind of sounds kind of strange coming from a pastor, but it's true. Because I'm kind of into causes, so I want to I roll up my sleeves and get after it, get her done. Uh, that's what I want to do. I don't know about you. But that's just moralistic do-goodism. Got to keep my nose in this word of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit has to push back all of the what-ifs. Because anxiety is a meteor shower of what ifs. What if I don't close the deal? What if I can't afford college for all my kids? What if I can't afford braces? What if we don't pass the legislation that we need to have ABC XYZ happen? What if we don't turn this thing around? Anxiety is trepidation of what ifs. It's a suspicion. It's a total apprehension. It's life in minor key with major concerns. It's perpetually, I like this one, perpetually walking the pirate ship plank. And the only way that I can discover to, to separate from that and create the space for the peace of Christ to come is to allow this truth the words of this that lead to the person of Jesus Christ to embed and push back the filth so that the songs can emerge. And sometimes when the last thing that you want to do is go outside and take a walk and whistle, that's the best thing that we ought to go do. Just go outside. In fact, you know what would be really cool today? If, if, here's one way I would know that you heard something today. If we all leave the sanctuary whistling, I would just be, that would be funny. And we could all use a good laugh. And somebody's going to get brave and kind of like skip out of here, and then that would be awesome. And it's going to be on the Facebook cam, I think. You know the word anxious? You know where it comes from? It comes from two words, angst. It's a sense of unease, right? Conflict, we're conflicted, and zosh. And zosh is that sound that I make as a late middle-aged man approaching his third third of life that doesn't train well regularly, going to Phoenix, Arizona to hike Camelback Mountain. All right? You know, in my... 20-year-old daughter who can run probably five marathons straight without stopping and just have a couple of toe blisters, gallops like a deer up the side of the hill, and I think I'm going to have about eight or ten heart attacks on the way up. That's what Zosh means. It's this deep, incredible, intense inhale and exhale. It's the lactic acid buildup in your legs, and if you're an athlete, you felt it. You know what I'm talking about. It's the worst feeling on the planet. That's anxious. There's an uh, island in Hawaii that the indigenous Hawaiians created called Heoli, and I may have said that wrong, which is very possible. Uh, and 
The name of that island is for non-Hawaiians to come and go live on, and Heoli means ones without breath. So us white folk that moved to Hawaii, they really want us to go to that island because we're always running around as if we're out of breath. Congratulations, we have that title. That's us. Did you know that anxiety is the number one mental health issue with women? And guys, we're not far behind because we're number two. <laughs> and right after anxiety is all of our substance abuse issues. So it kind of goes, you know, hand in hand. Yikes. And yet Paul says, create some space to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And the peace of Christ can't be found in any place other than God and we encounter Christ through the word. So stick our noses in the word because it'll create some space for this very abstract notion to inhabit our very being. Because when that happens, our whole attitude on life changes. Our reason for work changes. Our reason for volunteer changes, right? And there's this great text in chapter 3 here. And if you've got your Bibles, you need to underline this one. Ready? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do. Because when the peace of Christ comes in, it changes our entire disposition. We have strong backs and soft fronts. So that whatever we do, and I mean whatever, that's, that's actually what whatever means. Whatever means whatever. It means everything that we do. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, I don't know. There's a baseball team in town that's doing pretty well. <laughs> whatever that team does in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God and Jesus Christ. Whatever it is. So help me out here a little bit. What are your whatevers? This is an example of a whatever that I think. So even when you're playing baseball, it goes to the glory of Christ. And I'm going to set it in my cup of peace. What are your whatevers? Let me be more specific. What are the whatevers in your life? <laughs> Who said that? Thank you for leading us off. I'm going to buy you lunch. <laughs> and you're all witnesses. That will happen. Thank you. Okay, so Charity's Closet is a whatever. Charity's Closet is going to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That will be done. What else? Taking care of your grandson. You're not going to get lunch, but thank you for being number two. Yeah. Taking care of your grandson is going to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it can only be done if you're not anxious. It can't be done well or right if, it's, if you're running around like there's a bear trying to get you both all the time. You won't have any fun. And here's a newsflash for us. Christians, we can have fun. We can. It's not against the law. What else? What are some other whatevers? Excuse me? His house. Thank you. That'll be done for the glory of God. What are other whatevers? 
Circle of Friends, let's keep this rolling. Fall Festival, yeah, come back out today. Because that will be done for the glory of God. Because that's whatever we do. Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to give thanks to God the Father through him. And that's going to be fun. Okay. Next one. All right, whoever said that, I'm just messing with you, but nobody wants to clean the house. Come on. But even that, yeah. Whatever we do, in word or deed, do all for the glory of God in Jesus Christ. What else? A couple more. Bridge ministry. Singing in the choir. Camino. El Camino's a car, isn't it? Or was that the movie? Now, that was a good movie. If you haven't seen that movie, never mind. What else? What are your whatevers? Anybody do yoga? Does anybody work out? Does anybody play baseball? Does anybody play golf? Racquetball? Pickleball? Does anybody read? Does anybody write? Are there artists out there? Are there architects? Are there lawyers? Whatever we do. Are there musicians? See, that's the kind of thing I was hoping we were going to get to, right? Not that what, we're, what we did is wrong, but it's whatever. It's totally all-inclusive. The whole thing. What's that? Okay. Good one. Next. No, I'm just kidding you, man. You're right. I'm just having some fun. Okay, so you get the idea? It's this wonderful thing, whatever we do. Doesn't matter where we are. Doesn't matter what we're doing in word or deed. I wonder if I could still throw a curveball. Roy, you ready? Just kidding. All right, we're almost done. You guys doing okay? I don't know if you noticed it in the text, but there's a phenomenal, uh, uh, a phenomenal principle that appears in these three verses over and over and over again. And it's this word, be thankful. Be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, goes on, and be thankful. Right? As you sing all these kind of songs... You know, and I could get, you know, there's, there's a wide range of genres here. Can I just say that? And you know what I'm talking about? Um, whatever we sing doesn't really matter. I know God doesn't care because look at this. All these things. Whatever we do, gratitude. It's all an expression of gratitude. And the very last line, whatever we do, we give thanks. Because, friends, when the peace of Christ comes in and takes over and dwells sets up a home inside of a person's soul or a community's soul. It oozes out of us. Our feet get wet. And the people that we're connecting with, their feet get wet too. That's why this is a transformational process that's messy. Because we got full buckets that don't have cracks in them. And our feet and the people we're walking with in and through life, their feet get wet too because this stuff is contagious. It overflows. It makes an impact. And when that impact is made, thanks be to God. Just, period, thanks, period, 
be, period, to, period, God, exclamation mark. I got a homework assignment for you. Ready? It's going to be simple. This week, take out a piece of paper. Oh, that's my last one. I cannot forget this. This is my journal. Okay, my journal. And that sound means my time is up. Um, this is my journal, but you find something to write in and just write down. Start writing down everything you're grateful for. And here's the pastoral move I want you to notice. Notice, before you start writing anything down, do a, do a one time over, top of the head, tips to the toe. How anxious am I? And give yourself a one, I'm not anxious at all. Ten, I should be at the hospital right now. Okay? Do, you, do your gratitude list and then go back and do a self-eval of how anxious you are right now. And notice whether there's a decrease or hopefully not an increase. If there's an increase, come and talk to me. Actually, dial 911 first. Then come and visit with me, okay? To me, that's a survival guide for life. I think we all need it. I know I certainly do. Let's pray. God never calls perfect people. That's never been the bar. God equips the people whom God calls. That's it. Forgive us, King of kings, Lord of lords, when anxiety takes root. Allow these three verses to change our mind, our heart, our soul, our behavior in such a way that our feet get a little wet. And so do our neighbors. In your strong name we pray.